day. You know, when our, when our lives get turned upside down, when tragedy strikes and we just don't know what to do, when we go through those turbulent times, it's really easy for us, even as Christians, to get distracted. It's really easy for us to get distracted and just concentrate on getting through the day, getting through the struggle, getting through that situation. But listen to me, by focusing on the stability and the security that we find in Jesus Christ, Christians are provided a power that this world will never know. You got the power, amen, to surpass these turbulent times. But if you're going to thrive in the turbulent times that this life throws at you, you have got to learn to focus both your heart and your mind on Jesus Christ. Now, some of us do this very well, but others, it seems like, get very overwhelmed by the chaos that our world is in. So how can we as Christians keep our eyes on the prize? How can we keep our focus on Jesus Christ and have this power that I'm talking about? Well, I want you to think of a time in your own life. Think of a time when you were really, really focused on something. Maybe it was when you were dating your spouse. Man, she was a hottie, and that's all you thought about. Amen. Or maybe he was the best-looking stud you ever saw. And you couldn't wait to marry him. But maybe it was um, raising your family. Having kids. You know, kids require a lot of attention. Somebody say amen. Maybe it was you were building a house. Man, can that be a struggle or what? Perhaps it was starting a business. Or maybe cheering on a pro football team. Or maybe it was starting a ministry, and you were so focused on that ministry. Friend, whatever it was, when you focus all of your desire, when you focus all of your thoughts, all of your energy, all of your efforts, chances are that success was right around the corner. When we get invested when we get invested in something with all of our efforts and all of our energy is laser focused on a specific goal we begin to get motivated we begin to get changed and we begin to get energized to accomplish that goal just like a stock market investor he wants to make big money on his investment. But friend, if we will invest our thoughts, if we will invest our time, if we will invest our energy and our efforts into the kingdom of God, I'm here to tell you that your heart and your mind will follow. Even in turbulent times. Even when your world is turned upside down you'll still be able to focus on Jesus Christ. You see, turbulent times should not pull your focus away from the things of God. Instead, they should reinforce your passion toward 
the things that have eternal value. Now, the emphasis of today's verses is this. So listen carefully. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. Say that with me. Set your mind on things above. In other words, learn to focus and learn to pursue the things of heaven. With your life, with all of your energy, effort, thoughts, and desire, learn to start focusing and pursuing the things of heaven. Now, I read that a psychologist will tell you to look within. An opportunist will tell you, hey, just look around. An optimist will say, hey, buddy, look ahead. A pessimist will say, look out. But you know what God says? Set your mind on things above. Look up. Consider, friend, this compass. This compass is a very simple tool that a lot of travelers have, a lot of explorers have. And whenever I carry this compass, no matter which way my feet are pointed, the arrow is pointing north. No matter which way I go, the needle on my compass points to the north. If I ever get lost and I have my compass, I can rely on this compass to get me back on the right path. Very similarly, in our lives, our true north is Jesus Christ. If you ever get lost, just go right back where you started, seeking Jesus Christ. You see, our lives should always point to the one that we worship. No matter which way the world's path may go, our lives as Christians should always point to the one and only Lord of every time, of every place, and of every situation that we encounter. Just as my compass points north, so too, even in turbulent times, our lives should also point toward heaven. Let us always be setting our minds on things above. And even more, as we wait on the return of Jesus Christ, we can't be distracted by worldly things. We must instead focus all of our emotions, focus all of our thoughts, all of our effort on heavenly things. Now today, the Apostle Paul shares four truths with us that will really help us to understand the importance of setting our minds on things above. In Colossians chapter 3, in your Bibles, that's on page 1047. Page 1047 in the Bibles in front of you, in Colossians chapter 3, just four short verses uh, from the Apostle Paul written to Christians. 
okay, written to believers in the church at Colossae. Verse 1, Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, If then, or since, you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Somebody say amen. The first thing that you need to know when times get turbulent in your life is you need to learn to focus on your identity with Christ. Paul said, if you were raised with Christ, in verse 1, then he said in verse 3, our life is hidden with Christ, in verse 3, and then in verse 4, he said, you will also appear with him in glory. Now that word with, that word with is a connector word. It connects two different ideas together. For example, when Christ died, we died with him as believers. When Christ was buried, we died with him as believers. You see, when Christ died for us, he didn't just die on our behalf. No, he died in our place. He died when it should have been me and you that died. And the Bible says not only did he die in our place, but we are crucified with Christ. Paul wrote to another church in Galatia. In chapter 2, verse 20, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And this life that I'm now living in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. But that's not all. Because he also says that we are buried together with Christ. In Romans chapter 6 verse 4, Paul wrote, we are buried with him in baptism. Do you see the importance of baptism? We are buried with him in baptism, that symbolic nature of baptism. So not only are we crucified with him, we are also buried with him. But not only that, we are also raised together with Christ. In verse 1 of chapter 3 there, he said, we were raised with Christ. Have you taken a moment and paused and thought about the fact that what Jesus did for us is purchase the forgiveness of our sins? I can't speak for you, but I know what this old boy has done in his life. And much of it ain't pretty. Christ died for all those sins. And it all took place because of what he did when he was crucified with Christ. When he was buried and when he rose again in victory over death. The Bible says that what happened to Jesus will also happen to us because of our identity with him. But here comes the good news. Because it's not all about what he's already done, but it's also about what he's doing for us even now. 
because we are also seated together with Christ. Right there in verse 1, it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And guess what? We are seated together with him figuratively even now. It's almost like you're already there. It's a done deal. You are seated together with Christ. How do you know, Bill? Well, in Romans chapter 6, verse 5, Paul explains. He said, if we're we're united to him in the likeness of his death, then we shall also be united with him in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. I've always looked for verses of scripture that say that when Jesus was resurrected, then that means I'm going to be resurrected. And there it is right there in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. But he also said it in chapter 2, verse 6 of Ephesians. He says, he, Jesus, raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friend, we need to take a moment and just consider that if you're saved, that old you, been crucified and buried, she dead. It's gone. The old you is gone, and the new you has been raised to walk victoriously in the newness of life. That's a great blessing that the Lord has afforded us. Now, there may be times where you and I try to resurrect the old you. But let me tell you something. If you're truly placing your faith in Jesus Christ, that can't happen permanently because the old you is D-E-A-D gone, buried, and the new you is sitting together, having been raised together with Christ. So we just need to focus on our new identity with Christ. But Paul also says, not only do you need to focus on your new identity in turbulent times, but you also need to focus on your authority with Christ. Now, friend, when you think of Jesus, do you think of this nice, soft-spoken teacher Unlike your loudmouth preacher. When you think of Jesus, do you think of him as that roaming, itinerant preacher who is gentle and meek? Or do you imagine him being a glorious, resurrected Savior who every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father? Amen. You see... It's important to know that mental images matter. How you view Jesus Christ, it matters. And we need to focus on the reality that Jesus is a risen Savior, a glorious Lord, and that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And friend, listen. One day he's going to come back and he's going to be revealed in all of his majesty. He's going to be revealed in all of his glory. And you're going to wish you had been worshiping him as such. So when we're able to focus our attention on that power, on the authority of our Savior, you know what happens for you? Your faith begins to swell. Your chest gets puffed up, your shoulders go back, your chin gets lifted, and your faith gets stronger because you're viewing Christ the way he rightfully deserves to be viewed. Friend, listen, if we have him protecting us, if we have him watching over us, even in our turbulent times, do we have anything to fear? Nothing. 
nothing to fear whatsoever. Even if times get so turbulent that this planet we're on spins out of orbit, we still have a risen Savior who is sitting at the right hand of God who is watching over his children. Friend, we have authority in Christ. You may not know it. And you may not know what kind of turbulent times are coming. But you can remain focused on the one who does. That's what we need to do is focus on our authority and our identity with Christ. But Paul also says that we need to focus on our security with Christ. In verse 3 of Colossians chapter 3, he said, For you died, and your life is hidden in Christ with Christ in God. Now, in the past, you died with Christ. But in the present, you are hidden with Christ in God. Friend, can you think of a more secure place that you would want to be than with Christ in God? There is no more secure place. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, and I give them eternal life. Full stop. Period. And they will never perish. Full stop. Period. And neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. Full stop. Period. And he who has given them to me, my father, is greater than all. And ain't nobody going to snatch them out of my father's hand. Full stop. Period. Never forget, my friend, that you are safe and you are, you are secure. When you are with Jesus. We don't have to look to the world. and We don't have to look to the world's turbulent times for security. No, our security is found in a vibrant, intimate relationship with Jesus. You can make it through the turbulent times of your life. As long as you've got a relationship with Jesus. I believe that the greatest confidence we have as believers. Is understanding that we are are secure because of what Jesus has done for us. We are safe. So friend, if you want to thrive, focus your security. Focus on the security we have with Christ. Now it's time for some really good news. If you're ready, say amen. We also need to focus on our destiny with Christ. Check it out in verse 4. Paul says, when Christ, who is our life, appears... One day, maybe today, Christ is going to appear. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then guess what? Then you also will appear with him in glory. That's good news. You see, part of our being with Christ is becoming more and more and more like him. And our destiny, ultimately, is to appear with him in glory. Somebody needs to shout about that, amen? I mean, we need, we need to know that one day we're going to appear with Jesus in the glory of heaven. Notice so far, everything's been past tense. Raised with Christ. Hidden with Christ. But now we see the future tense. Now we see what's coming. We will appear with him in the glory of heaven. Friend, when Christ returns, he's going to do so in his glorious, resurrected body. And guess what? When he does, you're going to get your glorious, resurrected body too. Amen? 
I mean, can you imagine, friend, for a second, just imagine having a body that is impervious to sickness? Amen. Can you imagine having a body that is no longer susceptible to sin? Can you imagine having a body that is no longer susceptible to sickness and brokenness and death? That's what you got coming. When Christ appears, you're going to appear with him in glory. That is your destiny as a Christian, as a child of God. So if we're going to make it through the turbulent times of life, we're going to have to learn to focus on our identity with Christ Focus on our authority with Christ, our security with Christ, and ultimately our destiny with Christ. But the question begs to be asked, all right, Bill, how are we going to do all that? How are we going to do that? How can I stay focused with all that's going on in my life right now? With all that I'm enduring with all the sickness and all the pain and all the struggle, how can I stay focused on Christ? Well, hopefully you're convinced that it's pretty important for you as a Christian to stay focused on Christ all the time, especially when you're going through a turbulent time. But exactly how do we go from being focused on earthly things, which we're all guilty of, How do we go from being focused on earthly things to start focusing on heavenly things? Well, I want to share with you three ways just to get you started. First of all, if you will be insistent on godly priorities. Begin by being insistent on godly priorities. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. One missionary rephrased that verse saying, if you take care of the things that are important to God, then God will take care of the things that are important to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I read that God takes full responsibility for a life that is dedicated to him. You can't do wrong when your life is dedicated to him. But listen, a life dedicated to God makes godly things a priority. A life dedicated to God seeks God first, knowing that everything else will follow. So how do you stay focused on Christ when you're going through a struggle? Insist on godly priorities in your life. But secondly, make sure that you stay interested in this. Stay interested in the word of God, for in it lies all the encouragement that you could ever possibly need. Stay interested in the word of God. In Luke chapter 10, we find the story of two sisters, Mary and Martha. And there they are, right in the presence of Jesus. If you know the story, you may remember that Martha is a classic type A personality. She has never seen a to-do list that she didn't like. And when Jesus visited the sisters, Martha got so consumed with busy work that she got bent out of shape at, at Mary. 
because Mary wouldn't help her with all the busy work. Instead, Mary was sitting down and talking with Jesus. And the Lord's reply to Martha says something to me and you that we need to take with us out of this building. In Luke chapter 10, in verse 41, Jesus answered Martha and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. In other words, you, you are going, you're putting so much emphasis and, and focus on your turbulent times that you can't see anything else but that. You're so worried and troubled about many things. And then in verse 42, Jesus said, but one thing is needed. Y'all hearing me? One thing is needed, Jesus said. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You see, Mary wasn't being lazy. Mary was being focused. She was being focused. She found it far more important to know Jesus better and to focus on her relationship with him. She found it far more important to sit at the feet of her teacher and not be a busybody so consumed with preparations. And listen, the accolades that might come as a result. No. Mary was being focused. She was being focused. Friend, if we get so caught up in being a good Christian... If we're so focused there, but we fail to take time to sit at the master's feet, studying his word, hearing from God, hearing the lessons that Jesus has for us, then you will be missing the whole point of Jesus' visit to you. Got to stay interested in the word of God. Friend, there's nothing wrong with handling life's responsibilities. But if you're ignoring the living word of God, I am telling you that your life will be sorely, sorely out of balance. This is the great equalizer. But you must stay interested in the word of God. So if it's your desire to stay focused on Christ, you make sure you insist on godly priorities. Be sure you stay interested in the word of God. But also, we all need to properly invest our treasure. When it comes to staying focused on Jesus, we cannot ignore the connection between our treasure and our heart. Treasures come in all shapes and forms and sizes. But if you're looking for solid investment advice, none will bring you a greater return than the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither 
moth nor rust destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We cannot ignore that connection. Jesus is saying when you pour yourself into things that have eternal value, you are pouring yourself into things that change the population of heaven. This life is but a blink, y'all. It's so short when we compare it to the eternity of heaven. Our lives here are meant to be glorifying God and increasing, doing what we can be doing to be used by God to increase heaven's population. Things on earth, man, they lose their value overnight. Just ask some of them stock market investors. Overnight, their riches are gone. Their treasures are gone. But you invest in heaven? You are going to be paid dividends that last throughout eternity. I choose laying up my treasures in heaven. And so the best way to avoid discouragement, the best way to thrive as a Christian in turbulent times is to be unwavering when it comes to laying up your treasures in things that have eternal value. No wonder Jesus was so emphatic about where we lay up our treasures. It was very important to him. It was important to him because he knew that what we treasure is like a magnet for our thoughts. It's all we think about. He knew that, uh, that our treasures are like a magnet. It's where all of our emotions get sucked in. And therefore, we must learn to value God first. We must learn to value the things of God most. Because in those things, all your thoughts will be consumed and all your emotions will be felt. And the more you give yourself to God's priorities, the more focused on Jesus you'll become. Isaiah said it well. He said, you, Lord, will keep him in perfect peace, if I can interject, even in the midst of turbulent times. You'll be in perfect peace. Why? Because his mind is stayed on you. Set your minds on things above. Because he trusts in you. Friend, when you insist on godly priorities, when you stay interested in the word of God, when you make sure that you are properly investing your treasure in heavenly matters, then you'll be able to stay focused on Jesus Christ. Then you'll be able to wait patiently on him until he comes to get you. I read where the great English preacher G. Morgan Campbell once said, Men who are strong are always men who have conviction. Men and women who are strong are always men and women who have conviction. And I want to tell you, friend, no matter how woke or how backwards our culture may become, never, never, never lose your God-given convictions. Stand against evil. 
be sure that you do what the United States of America needs the most. And that is to have men and women who will overcome evil by their conviction that God is right. He is right. And his word is right. And we can have firm conviction and live by his word. Our country needs many more men and many more women who will stay focused on Jesus Christ. Even in turbulent times. So friend, can you say with confidence that the old you has been crucified with Christ? Can you say with uttermost conviction that it's no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you? Can you say with certainty that the life you're now living in the flesh, you're living by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you? Today, you're not only invited to come to Christ if you don't have a relationship with God. You can also come if you have been like Bill Barlow was for 17 years. Off in that distant wilderness of the world. Playing in the pig pen. Acting the fool. Knowing better. But when he came back, he found the father's arms like this. Come back. Come back. Come back. And friend, no matter what kind of decision you need to make today, maybe it is to be saved from the penalty of sin. There can be no greater decision than that. But perhaps it's to rededicate your life. You recognize, you know what? I know better. And man, there ain't nothing to be found in this wilderness. I'm coming back. Maybe you realize that you made that decision for Jesus Christ a long time ago. But you never, you never found it in your timetable or in, in, in your schedule to be baptized. You can come do that today too. We'll set that up. We have several that are, that are planning on that. Maybe you're looking for a place to call home. Last week we had several to, to come and say, I want, to, I want this to be my home. Father waits for you like that. There's not a, a greater, not a better church family to, to, to love on and to let love on you than the one you're sitting in right now. So whatever it is, all I'm asking you to do is listen to that still, soft whisper of God. And whatever he's saying to you, you just do what he says. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for who we are in Christ. And Father, we are just so humbled to think that the Son of God himself would step out of the glory of heaven to redeem us from the penalty of sin. 
to bring us into a relationship with you that can never be broken. We can never be snatched away. We can never do enough bad. Father, I pray that, Lord, the decisions that are being made are being made with full assurance of faith in the only means by which a man or a woman can be saved. And that is through faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. Father, whatever decision needs to be made today, I just pray that people would be listening to you. Lord, I know that this week and the past two weeks, really, Lord, you have spoken to my heart about who I am in Jesus. And Father, all I can think to say is thank you. Thank you for my Jesus. Lord, you bless this time now as we enter into this song of decision. And Lord, you have your will and your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.